TSMC held its earnings conference for the fourth quarter of 2023 on Thursday. Company chair Mark Liu was a big focus at the event, making his first public appearance since TSMC announced his retirement. Liu has been in the company for more than 30 years and is expected to step down at a shareholders meeting in June. On Thursday, he shared some words about his time in the tech firm. Let's hear what he said. As a leader of a small four-person fab construction team, it has been my privilege to serve as chairman, as recommended Dr. C.C. Wei to succeed as the company's next chairman. As I look ahead to spend more time with my family and starting the next chapter of my life, I firmly believe TSMC will continue to perform outstandingly in the years ahead. 2024 to be a healthy growth year for TSMC. Let me assure you, we continue to have a technology leadership and uh, we continue to have a broad base of customers. Amid impact from a global recession, TSMC posted 2.1 trillion NT in revenue in 2024, a drop of 4.5 percent from last from the year before. Gross profit margin stood at 54.4 percent, a drop of 5.2 percentage points from 2023. Earnings per share stood at 32.34 NT. The company expects a gross profit margin of 53 percent in the first quarter of 2024, amid high demand for AI computing. The company expects to inaugurate its plant in Japan on February 24th while carefully considering whether to establish a second plant in the country. Construction on the German plant is slated for the fourth quarter. In the U.S., the first plant is due to start mass production of four nanometer chips in the first half of 2025, with mass production in the second plant currently under construction to begin in 2027. At the World Economic Forum in Switzerland on Wednesday, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken spoke highly of Taiwan. He said that the recent elections were a powerful validation for democracy and that Taiwan played an important role in the world thanks to its advanced tech industry. Meanwhile, China's Taiwan Affairs Office on Thursday held its first press conference since the election. The office spokesperson said the DPP did not represent mainstream public opinion in Taiwan and threatened that without the 1992 consensus and one China principle, cross-strait dialogue will be impossible. The general elections this past weekend have captured much international media attention. Speaking at the World Economic Forum in Switzerland, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken stressed that the Taiwan election was a powerful validation for democracy. So small as it is, by its geography and by its extraordinary ingenuity, Taiwan plays an outsized role in the world. Blinken said that despite its small size, Taiwan plays an important role in the world thanks to its advanced semiconductor industry. Why so many countries have a stake in preserving peace, in preserving stability. And again, it's not just us saying this to Beijing, it's country after country. They say it in different ways, some more quietly than others, but everyone has the same interest. The U.S. official spoke praise of Taiwan's elections and reiterated its importance to the world. But across the strait, the tone was very different at the first Taiwan Affairs Office press conference since the election. The DPP doesn't represent mainstream public opinion on the island. The results of the election do not alter the fact that Taiwan is part of China. 
The two sides of the strait may communicate by adhering to the 1992 consensus and the One China Principle. Otherwise, any cross-strait dialogue or exchanges will be impossible. A calls for a basis on cross-strait dialogue is not just intended for China's ears. It's something we want the whole world to hear. Amid China's threat, Taiwan hopes to engage in dialogue on the basis of equality and dignity. But China just continues bringing up the 1992 consensus and pushing its stance on Taiwan. I think the whole world finds all that unacceptable. Since the election, Nauru has switched allegiance from Taipei to Beijing, and the PLA has sent aircraft on incursions near Taiwan. On Monday night alone, 11 Chinese aircraft crossed the median line of the Taiwan Strait. Under these circumstances, balancing cross-strait relations and relations with the U.S. will be a big challenge for the Lai administration. Premier Chen Jianren and his cabinet will remain in their post until May 20th, as requested by President Tsai Ing-wen. In Taiwan, it is customary for the premier and cabinet officials to resign en masse after the general elections, before the new cohort of lawmakers assume office. But this time around, the resignation request was turned down by Tsai. Lawmakers are divided on the decision. It's just past 8 a.m. and Premier Chen Jianren reaches the executive yuan. With the 2024 general election over, elected lawmakers will take their posts on February 1st. As is customary, the Premier and Cabinet on Thursday tendered the resignations ahead of the new legislative yuan. Based on our country's constitutional customs and out of respect for the new president, the new legislative yuan and the general public, I have already tendered my resignation to President Tsai Ing-wen. Chen had already spoken with Tsai about resigning right after the election, but Tsai rejected it, asking Chen and all cabinet members to stay in their posts until Lai Qingde's inauguration as president on May 20th. Now, we are a caretaker cabinet. Until the heads of each ministry and agency are appointed and the president and vice president are inaugurated, we must stick to our posts and continue handling government affairs. Chen will stay on his post until the last executive meeting before May 20th, when he will lead his cabinet to resign en masse and take a group photo. Lawmakers are divided on whether that's the best approach. Nearly 60% of the people expressed their dissatisfaction with the Tsai administration in this past election. It is unnecessary to keep Chen Zhenren's cabinet at their posts. It goes against public opinion. Chen Zhenren's performance in 2023 can be said to have been extremely good because Taiwan made more than 3 trillion NT in tax income. That's the highest figure ever. Tsai Ing-wen asking him to stay on as premier until at least May 20th is the right decision, I think. The DPP touted its achievements over the past eight years while praising Chen's performance as premier. Tsai and Chen will leave the government together, much as they entered together as president and VP in 2020. Now, speculation is rife with who Lai will appoint as premier. Rumored candidates include former culture minister Zheng Lijun, presidential office secretary general Lin Jialong, academia Seneca academician Cyrus Chu, and lighting the campaign office head Pan Mong An. Of course we support Chen Zhenren staying on as a premier for another term. 
In order to keep balance among factions, I think Ling Jialong may not be the right fit for the situation. Very few people dislike Zheng Jun, and she doesn't quite align with any of the party factions. Perhaps she may become Taiwan's first female premier. If Lai Qingde wants to show some good will to the opposition, perhaps he could pick Cyrus Chu. Lawmakers in the DPP and KMT have very different opinions on who would be a good fit to head the cabinet under the Lai administration. Every year during the Spring Festival, taxis in many cities and counties impose special holiday surcharges, and this year is no exception. In Taipei, New Taipei and Jilong, taxis will charge an additional 30 NT during the Lunar New Year break, from February 5th to February 14th. The surcharge will be automatically included in the taxi meter readings. Let's hear from Taipei's Transport Department. The final fare will be what's displayed on the meter. Whatever number is there is what you need to pay. If the driver charges you 30 NT in addition to what's displayed on the meter, that is not in line with regulations. Drivers who violate the rules will be fined between 9,000 and 90,000 NT in accordance with the Highway Act. The Transport Department recommends passengers check the amount and get a receipt before alighting. If the driver asks for additional fees, a complaint can be filed with the local government by providing the taxi's number plate, the time of the incident, and the distance traveled. Geelong E-Square is a busy hub in the city where locals grab a bite to eat or catch transportation every day. Now, Geelong City Government says that from February 1st, rights will be handed over to Breeze Property Management to construct a large new shopping center on the site. We are encouraging businesses to come into E-Square and run and manage the space. After an exacting process of evaluation and competition, Breeze won the tender. In the future, we will definitely find more areas in Geelong, apart from E-Square, which are worth investing in and can create a profit so that more companies can participate. Breeze will take over the land with a retention of title or ROT contract and have the right to run the venue for a maximum of 20 years. With an initial investment of $250 million and it will incrementally overhaul the four-story underground parking lot and the four-story above-ground mall over an estimated timescale of two to three years. The result will probably fall between the kinds of top-quality department stores we see in Taipei and the level of business that is here now. We will gather up consumer opportunities that the citizens of Jilong are hoping for or tend to favor. The department store group is extending its reach beyond the city of Taipei for the first time. It's partly because the group's founder, Liao Weizhi, has roots in Jilong and believes in the city's tourist potential. Lunar New Year is here straight away, and we will maintain the running of the whole mall without interruption, including the parking lot, so we won't carry out any large-scale construction or renovations until the New Year period has ended. Geelong residents are hoping the makeover of the mall will make daily life more convenient and bring more tourists and income to the city. The era of AI smartphones has begun. Samsung has introduced the world's first AI cell phone. Among its functions, the Galaxy S24 can interpret 13 languages during phone calls, and users can do an internet search by just making a circle on their screens. But competitor companions are on the way, with Apple announcing it might be able to release the AI iPhone by the end of the year. And both Google and Xiaomi have added AI features to their phones. 
people have flocked here in great numbers for one reason. The AI cell phone everybody has been yearning for is finally here. South Korea's Samsung released their pioneering product in California, and the company also held a launch event in Taiwan, where it showed off its flagship phone's new features. Once you press it down like this, you can remove the background. Then we can move this elephant and change its position or size. Parts of photos can be moved and changed. Users can also circle certain elements to start an online image search. During a phone call, users can turn on the instant call translation function, which offers machine interpretation in 13 languages. Samsung's new product has hit the market by storm, and the South Korean company has made a promise to take back its market-leading place from Apple. When it comes to market surveys, I feel like there are a handful of things to consider, which probably includes different aspects about sales or shipping. So the results of these surveys allow us to observe future trends. AI can be part of our lives now, so we have a lot of confidence in our sales objectives. We believe in the current market, our products will result in 30% growth. In the past, AI was just something that consumers could only imagine. But now there's an AI tangible good on the market, the Galaxy S24, Samsung's pioneering product, which is the world's first AI phone. Competitors are seeking to take advantage of new business opportunities that AI technology is bringing. Apple announced it might be able to release the AI iPhone this year, and the Google Pixel and Xiaomi cell phones will feature AI functions and modes. In terms of specific consumer demand, well, that's currently going through a transition process. This is what I predict might happen. This year, the next two years, maybe even up to five years, AI cell phones and AI computers will be the development trend. But as for what functions users will need, well, there will be a period of time where functions get eliminated or just don't make the cut. Sluggish demand resulted in global sales of cell phones being down 5% last year. Brands with AI technology will be a major factor in whether sales figures will pick back up this year. Smartphone companies will be releasing AI cell phones one after another as they have their sights set on both consumers replacing their phones in droves and even on this new product helping drive sales overall. With the winter vacation arriving and the Lunar New Year following close behind, the Tourism Administration has launched an online platform with 22 amusement parks. Members of the platform will be able to accumulate points for lucky prizes by visiting the parks and making purchases. The parks themselves are pulling out all the stops to put on fun events and scintillating performances. Amusement park mascots have assembled to celebrate the arrival of the winter vacation. The Transport Ministry has partnered with 22 amusement parks nationwide to launch a digital platform where visitors can earn virtual points. Both entrance tickets and purchases inside the park help members accumulate points that go towards lucky draws. As part of an effort to get post-pandemic domestic tourism back on track, theme parks all over Taiwan are holding time-limited events during the Lunar New Year. One park has set up a cherry blossom garden area where visitors can make tea, create DIY trinkets, ride boats, and even enjoy a ride on a cable car. We've invited the Cherry Blossom Princess of the Japan Cherry Blossom Association to give a name to one of the Cherry Blossom gondola cars. We'll also be planting a Taiwan-Japan Friendship Cherry Blossom tree. In addition to holding a big show in our indoor rainbow theater, during the winter vacation, we'll also be having an outdoor show with performers from around the world during aerial acrobatics. This will be a must-see spectacle. We'll be showering you with shows this year. 
This balancing act can rival Cirque du Soleil's most daring feats. And there's also beautifully dressed dancers that are Broadway-esque and extremely flexible Egyptian mummies. There's no need to travel abroad to see world-class performances like these. Freefall towers, roller coasters, and outdoor events abound. Those small Taiwan boasts 27 amusement parks, bringing in almost 17 billion NT annually in revenue. The Tourism Administration says it hopes the digital platform will get locals visiting Taiwan's many parks to boost revenue. The goal we've set for visitor figures is focused on marketing through digital avenues. This way we'll be able to attract more friends from around the country. It doesn't matter if they're young people, older adults or children. We invite everybody to come to our amusement park to have a good time. The Tourism Administration hopes, instead of just traveling abroad during the long holiday, that people will stay inside the country during the Lunar New Year and contribute to Taiwan's tourism industry. The countdown to Lunar New Year has started. Many people are already thinking about their personal beauty regimes in preparation for the big holiday. Hair salons and nail salons are getting booked up fast. Some say salons raise their prices before the festival, but others deny the rumor and say recent inflation expenses have been swallowed by the salons themselves. A hairstylist explains what he's doing as he applies a hair treatment. The salon is almost full. It's less than a month until Lunar New Year, and many people have made haircut bookings already, keen to get their locks in good shape before the big festival. Lunar New Year is near, and I wanted to have a new hairstyle, so I booked two or three weeks in advance. Otherwise, I couldn't have got a time that suited me nicely. I pre-booked mine in early December. But as material costs have risen, some people are worried about the expense of getting a do-over before the new year. I encountered a hairstylist in the past who raised their prices before New Year. I think it's fair enough if they want to raise prices. These days, salons don't really raise the prices. On the contrary, over the holidays, we make it a fun event. For example, if they spend a certain amount, then we enter them into a lottery. Some get their manicures and pedicures done at the same time. Before Lunar New Year is the busiest time of the year for nail salons. This Lunar New Year, we have 20% more than last year. We've noticed that there are more clients coming to us who have been living overseas. In recent days, it's clients who have been living in the UK or France. Although salons are busy, nail stylists admit that the cost of nail gels has gone up considerably. For now, they're not passing that cost to the customer, afraid to scare everybody away. There is an old restaurant in Yunlin's Kohu Township that specializes in classic milkfish soup, which many locals consider to be a staple food. The owner has been selling the soup for over 20 years. She says the secret to delicious soup is using local saltwater milkfish. From deboning the fish to making the fish sauce, they do it all themselves so that customers can enjoy the delicious taste of fresh fish in every bite. There are lots of delicious flavors in each bowl of this milkfish soup, making it a favorite among foodies, especially as this soup includes real chunks of fresh milkfish. 
The fish is covered in a fish paste and it has an authentic milkfish flavor. You can enjoy the authentic taste of the milkfish. <laughs> the sweet taste of the soup makes it seem like they've added bonito flakes. You can taste fresh milkfish in every bite of the soup. The ingredients they use are that good. <laughs> Whenever I come here, I take some back from my family to satisfy their craving. The owner warmly greets her guests, and every table orders the special milkfish soup to which you can add rice, noodles, or rice noodles. The owner chooses local saltwater milkfish, deboning it and making the fish sauce all by herself. Even though this process is tedious, she works hard to maintain the quality. I debone the fish twice a week, cutting them all up. I've been doing this for 10 to 20 years. No one else does it like this. Everyone just uses fish paste and milkfish balls. I'm the only one using real fish meat. With authentic ingredients and an affordable price, this milkfish soup has also made a name for itself amongst motorcyclists, who never miss the chance to enjoy this delicacy when never riding through Kohu. After more than 20 years, the owner's personal taste and warmth is steeped into every bite of this classic milkfish soup.